There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card carrying members of the Infertility Club. Tuesday to you. Ah, uh, yes. Very happy Tuesday. I'm resisting asking how you are because we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> I'll leave people guessing for the next 15 seconds or so as to what I'm going to say is the answer to how I am. Um, <clears throat> yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm well. Yeah, that's good. At the moment. Mm-hmm, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had a nice day today. Oh, good. Great. Got a bit hashtag obsessed with hashtag Sue Gray. Oh, my God. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about politics on this podcast, but it is. I'd just like to say that her stern headmistress tone is very appropriate and I admire it. It's good, isn't it? It's good. It's good as well that she hasn't like, she hasn't done what people were scared she was going to do, which yeah. is like go go soft on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's quite quite good to see that she's uh she's not taking any prisoners for our international listeners um this is the controversy surrounding our party animal prime prime minister um a report has come out on just how many parties he had 16 during lockdown that is guys during lockdown parties in general are expected and yeah but i don't think i've ever had 16 parties in 20 months (laughs) like do you know what I mean? That's a lot of parties. Yeah, but when you're when you're, you know, the uh the elite, the uh the political elite, you have many, many parties, regardless <laughs> of, of the rules that you've put in place yourself. <laughs> um you still have parties, apparently. Yeah. Well, I just I would like to know um the Downing Street party playlist. Yes. Like what's on there. What songs are they listening to? Um, I would like to know what cake he was ambushed by. Yeah. Are you thinking Vicky Sponge? Vicky Sponge? No, it's got to be Colin. Colin the Caterpillar? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Again, British institution, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, Google look it. up a Colin the Caterpillar cake if you don't yeah. know what one is. That is a classic. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to think it was Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, they've got so many questions. How? What? Like, what kind of alcohol was in that suitcase? Oh, surely it's wine, isn't it? Yeah, but like, what kind of wine? Yeah. What are they? Yeah, it's good. Good. Yeah. I mean, are they going cheap because they're just like, quick, quick, we haven't got time to pick the best ones. Just grab yeah. any bottles, stick them in the suitcase. Don't yeah. let, don't let anyone see you. But they are Tories. They know their wine, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say, hard to say. Um, Larry from the Cabernet. Hey. Um, shall we talk about the episode? Let's. Okay. So this is, um, you know, what I was saying last week about like the fact that we get really good, really interesting kind of off the beaten track stories. Yeah. Well, here's another really cool one. Um, we interviewed Leanne Nicole. Yeah. Um, she is one of my new friends. Yes. Yes. Um, my Whitstable friends. Yeah. And um, but she's also a writer. And I got talking to her, and I was. She was like, "Oh, I'm just writing a book." And I was like, "Oh, I'm writing a book." And we had a chat about <laughs> the you know, friendship was sealed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just the most dickish thing. Yeah. But um, she her book is about the postnatal body. So what you know, body after pregnancy. Mm. Um, we're not going to talk about that, obviously. What we are going to talk about is sections of her book cover the body after miscarriage. Mm. And I think this is so interesting because it's just something that is not talked about. Yeah, man. Like, I wrote the the pregnancy last chapter in the book. Oh, by the way, did you know that we've written a book? <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned it, guys. <laughs> What's Sorry. again? Um, yeah um, Link in the bio. Yeah. Please pre-order from all good bookshops now. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't had a pregnancy loss like that. And um, just talking to people, a lot of them said, oh, yeah, so um, my doctor just said it's going to be like a heavy period and that I yeah. should just go away and wait for it. That is definitely what a lot of people hear. Yeah, it's I like feel like in many cases, not all, it's not like a heavy period. It's like significantly more than that. And so um, Liam has talked to, me, talked to me about that and explained, you know, what can happen kind of we talked a bit about like why we kind of should be talking about this more we kind of discuss why it's not discussed that much um because I you know obviously the grief surrounding pregnancy loss is widely covered because mm. it's an awful awful experience and mm-hmm. probably not as widely covered as it should be but nonetheless quite widely covered yeah um in comparison to the physical aspects of it. And it's maybe it's just because we're quite squeamish. Yeah. And, you know, people don't like to talk about it. It's one of those taboos, isn't it? Mm. It's, you know, and it's so common. So you obviously just suck it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it is really interesting. I think, you know, by all accounts, everyone that I've spoken to who's had a miscarriage, it was, you know, it was a rough ride. And yeah. I guess just a bit of understanding and if you've been through it a bit of kind of empathy is is important so Absolutely. i'm glad you had this conversation i was not part of this conversation you were not because i am not part of the whitstable massive which is true i'm not <laughs> but um it was it was drawing on work day and i was it working was. hard yeah so well, I, couldn't I... Do it. I couldn't join sadly it's... Obviously, a work day that I wasn't working if any of my bosses yeah by the way any one of um, colleague, emma's yeah. colleagues yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, the only thing was that there was some like weird clicking noises on the line at one point, oh. um, but they went away. So that was fine. Was your boss topping, tapping the line? 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Are you working? It no, doesn't it sound like your kind of work for this. It was a day on which I was not working. I repeat that. Um, also, at one point, I talk about the peripatetic nervous system, which is something I made up. Um, oh. It's not a thing. But I, what I meant was the sympathetic nervous system. Oh, so can you just disregard me saying that? Stop making up medical terms, Emma. I know, I know. And I Banding also, them around. <laughs> I want you all to admire how smug I sound when I say it. Yeah, with all the confidence of private yeah. school, just <laughs> banding it around. There's a word I've made up. <laughs> like I really know my shit, but I don't at all. And I just need to shut up and stop pretending I, I do. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, and that's kind of it for the episode, really, today. It is. Yeah, still no no, no sign of precedent. No, no. I think we're just going to give up on yeah. that for this series. And yeah. we'll get him back next series. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, we'll, we'll move <laughs> up and get someone else. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone AWOL. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously buy our book, but I'm not going to do the hard sell again. So, oh, I do have book news. Oh, yeah. I have interesting book news. Oh, so yeah. I think we were under the impression that it was unavailable in we we kind of just thought it was the uk we were kind of worried about yeah saying you could get it anywhere else because it was yeah. proving difficult you can get it in europe you absolutely can ah. you also apparently can get it in the us oh, if you shit. go to amazon uk oh my god and put your so if you apparently if you follow the link in our instagram bio to the book it'll get it'll take you to the uk version of amazon and then apparently if you do some you know just stick your details in maybe you can get it to you wow yeah yeah okay yeah that's 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 the the hot news but i would have thought postage would be quite extreme postage might be extreme i don't i don't know how it works just check it out okay um so yeah if you if you you know if you're in the us and you want to grab it all right investigate yeah i know i love it exciting times yeah so do that um or you can also follow us on instagram at Big Fat Negative or Twitter at Big Fat Negative or you can email us Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com Please enjoy the episode Okay, I'm going to ask you now Okay How are you? So, well um, I got a Big Fat Positive today Oh my god, and not the good kind Yeah, not the one that I always wanted You've got the COVID I got the COVID positive. May, yeah, how are you feeling? Two little lines. Oh, uh, do you know what? Um, I am feeling all right. Okay. Um, I was actually more sick last week, and I had. I was yeah. convinced I had COVID last week. I had a really bad cough and a sore throat, and I was like, "If this isn't COVID, what is?" But then lateral, all the lateral flows and a PCR said I wasn't. So I was like, "Okay, fine." Got right. over it. Was feeling better on Saturday, Sunday, feeling good. You know, everything's yeah. fine. Woke up this morning with a head cold. Mm. um mr gabby a little bit worse than me and so he was like i'm gonna do a covid test and i was like okay whatever overkill uh mm-hmm. yeah turns out we've both got it and um so right. yeah that's been uh, just a bit of a pisser i've got like brain fog because i was kind of a little bit that was the kind of main symptom that everyone's kind of talking about i think that i was like oh yeah maybe that is that yeah um, but the omicron the Omicrons, yeah. The Omnicon. Omnicon. <laughs> it's a little media joke for you. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah so so yeah it was just like one of those things I really didn't think it was going to be positive and then yeah obviously you get that triggering moment where you're doing the lateral flow and you're like oh, oh my god, god this is just taking me right back to yeah. <laughs> doing tests all the time is there anything more triggering than a lateral flow test I mean, I have to be honest with you, I did, I was quite excited that a second line had come up. And I do think that is a hangover from my TTC years. Like, I, I was like, oh, <laughs> did you get that moment of, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I kind of did. And then obviously, like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Um, yeah. So obviously, we spent Saturday together. We did. And, uh, which I'm now sorry about. No, it's okay. But, Don't worry I, about it. you know, I didn't have any symptoms then. No. Yeah, you so, might not have been contagious. I might not have been contagious, who also, knows? Also, <laughs> I do, as I texted you earlier, have a secret view that I might have amazing like immune genes mm, where mm-hmm. I don't get COVID. And I think it's based on a film, no, a TV show called Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah. Where there's like some kind of sickness that kills all the people on Earth except for like a handful of... Um, like a ragtag bunch oh wow and you and, think you're part of the ragtag bunch and I think I might because I always assumed that in like a disaster movie I'm like the part the p- member of the gang that's killed off first that you don't really get to know right yeah I always assumed that and then there's the pretty the, blonde one yeah, yeah let's go yeah. with that yeah Gets let's marked. go with that absolutely um and then as the pandemic has gone on I've been like oh Wait okay so maybe I'm part yeah. of the core gang that dies like in the middle of the film no still going on still going on still haven't got the covid so now i'm like maybe oh my gosh, i'm the one that discovers the they've got secret superpowers wow. and survives to the end i was saying you're like bruce willis in unbreakable if anyone maybe. remembers that film yeah. and uh yeah i mean i hope that that's the case dude yes yeah, so i do but the, basically now is when i discover whether that's Oh yeah, because you've been in contact with me. Yeah, because we've yeah, looked at each other's faces. Have you done a, a lateral flow today? Uh, no, not me. Well, yeah, well. but I wouldn't be because it's Monday today, so I don't think I'd. No, you probably wouldn't get symptoms no. yet. No. Well, excited though. Hey, let's find out, and we can report back next week, guys, whether Emma has special powers or not. And if and I what, don't, what would you? What are you going to do with your special powers if you are part of this immune supergroup? Probably like go to a nightclub. Probably travel on public transport without a mask. <laughs> I'm just going to go around like flouting the rules. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're rules anymore. No, I suppose they're not, are they? No. Probably go and just stand in the middle of a crowd and shout. Yeah. Or lick yeah. people. Yes. Lick some people. Yeah. Yeah. Lick some attractive, attractive people. Yeah. But mate, have you got all the drugs in? Like are you, are you kind of stocked up? Um, not really. Um, I mean, I haven't really needed any drugs today. I haven't really felt that bad other than the aforementioned brain fog. Um, my husband, however, Mr. Gabby, I think he's got man COVID because he's sicker <laughs> than new, me. Apparently. A new variant. <laughs> it's a new variant, <laughs> which leads to excessive amounts of, uh, and, and more time in bed sleep, sleeping. So yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we've got some cold and flu tablets. I think I think we'll make it through. I think we'll be all right. And we've got oh, we found a slot for the Waitrose online delivery, oh, which God. we've never been able to God. get before. And I was <laughs> really? always panicking. I was like, what if it happens and we can't get an online we, delivery? And it we'd happened. We have to go and... to Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> Can God. I just say, as somebody who does not shop at Waitrose. <laughs> 
By the way, as fancy as you at Ramsgate. The only reason I shop at uh, Waitrose is because it is the big shop in the middle of Ramsgate. Like that's that's the one in the centre of town. So that's the one I go to. Um, <clears throat> I have no problem with Tesco or Sainsbury's, which is, to be fair, the kind of one I go to second because it's a little bit further away. Um, yeah. So, the um, Fire Money Coots was tweeting over like just before Christmas. I think she got COVID, and she said, "Have I just found out in the most middle class way imaginable?" And it's because she ate some hummus and she couldn't taste it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you're doing COVID in a very middle class way. I as am well. doing it in a very middle class way, which is not intentional. It's not intentional. Do you know what? The first time, the first lockdown, right? The only because when everyone was like really afraid to go outside, yeah, we couldn't get any online delivery slots. And the only one I could get, which my stepmom managed to find for me, was Iceland. <laughs> and in through the like through this having to go to Iceland, which I don't really go to um, on on the regs, mm-hmm. I f- discovered um, what's his name's p- frozen pizzas. Oh my god, what's his name? You know the the Italian chef from um, this morning, ah, oh, Gino De Campo. Gino De Campo. Gino, guys, this is a, a public service announcement. Okay. Gino De Campo does cook at home pizzas and they are fucking great. Okay. Noted. That's, yeah. So, so that's maybe, the reason to go to Iceland, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you need to be going to Iceland, not Waitrose, just a suggestion. Oh, look, you know, it, it, it's just down the road. It's where we go now. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just wanted to, like, going back to our discussion of how triggering COVID tests are, somebody messaged me earlier saying um they've been like they had you know so i know it as line eyes when you've been yeah. staring at pregnancy tests for too long mm, your eyes go mm-hmm. weird and you see another line yeah they said they were having that with the um pregnancy test on the cover of our book and they were like convinced <laughs> oh, that there was a shadow God. of a line on that jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh that would have been quite be... funny if we did like a magic eye yeah. effect on the cover oh my god how awful i know um but yeah no it does it does just do the weirdest things it like brings up odd emotions yeah it does it does and like i do find myself wanting to see a second line mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. very i you know, like guys if you've had this kind of experience if you've got any way of like recalibrating your brain that would be really yeah. nice to know how you do that because i I don't want to want a second line on a COVID test. No. No. But, you know, um, you get one and you're like a little moment of joy that you shouldn't have. That's quite a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's quite much. It's like a silver lining in the COVID cloud. It's like, oh, I, for, for like a brief second, I was delighted to get a second line. So, <laughs> hey. Well, mate, um, I'm so sorry that you're, you've got this. Hey, no stuck problems. indoors for Thanks. minimum five days uh, minimum five days yeah mm. here we go yeah um it's fine uh, like unless i don't know unless i take a turn for the worst tomorrow i feel okay okay i mean that's great. you know largely yeah yeah, yeah. thanks right. guys if you could all send me your well wishes though that'd be good lovely yeah <laughs> oh and sh- uh to anyone else that's got covid at the moment shout out <laughs> we're gonna get through it <laughs> Okay, well, have fun with that. Thanks, mate. Over to Leanne. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I... um... Yeah, I'm okay. It's a beautiful day outside and the house is quiet. So let's just go straight into it. Can you, and I'm going to use the embarrassing American accent, which has become increasingly embarrassing after five seasons. (laughs) Can you tell us about your journey? Sure. So I um, was incredibly lucky and blessed to fall pregnant very quickly Mm -hmm. with my first son. Um, and that was in 2014, and I had mm-hmm. him in 2015. Um, I didn't have a very good postpartum experience, um, okay. which led me on to some campaigning work um, and some writing. Yeah. And then um, my husband and I wanted more children, mm-hmm. um, and that's when we hit some pretty significant stumbling blocks. Right. Um, I suffered with recurrent miscarriage and had three miscarriages, all very different um, between my two sons um, before welcoming my second son in 2020, two weeks before lockdown. Oh, lovely. Great timing there. Yeah, that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It was not the postpartum that I had planned. um, No. Yeah, I guess if you've had a hard time the first time and then you get hit with lockdown... Yeah, and I'd planned I'd planned so well um, for how it's going to go second time around, yeah. and done everything that I talk about in my book, um, and then yeah, uh, everything changed as as a lot of people you you yourself will know. Mm, absolutely. So and and now you have um, you've written a book, and I just think it's the most fascinating subject. You're talking about the postpartum body, right? Yeah. Um, but the stuff like when you and I first spoke, the stuff that really struck me that we just never talk about is what happens after you've had a pregnancy loss. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because when I was writing, when I was writing my book, um, that was, that was the one thing I had no idea what happens. Like I haven't lost a pregnancy myself. Therefore I had no idea what happens to you physically. And 
I feel like we generally tend to focus on the psychology when it comes to pregnancy loss, like the grief, which is so important. But we don't talk a lot about our bodies. Why is that? Um, oh, I think there's a lot of factors that play into it. I think the first one, like you said, the grief is so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, it is the most seismic loss um, at any yeah. point in your pregnancy. And maybe particularly if you have struggled in advance is you know it's it's catastrophic for you so that can dwarf everything and actually a lot of people that I speak to um, have spoken to can't remember um how their body was afterwards they can't remember any physical um complaints or what their physical recovery was like um, but they can really vividly remember the emotional toll and that makes total sense but then the Uh other thing is your postpartum body in general is completely disregarded unless yeah. it's about getting back into your um, pre-pregnancy genes. Back into um, size tens. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I, I absolutely despise. And mm-hmm. I think um, I've said quite a lot in, in over the last few years, there is a really casual disregard for women's bodies after pregnancy. Um, and that is even more so after a loss because nobody is thinking about that um and one of the women I spoke to in the book said you know it is hard enough recovering Mm -hmm. um from having a baby when you have the baby in your arms but when you don't like it just makes it so much harder Mm -hmm. um so that's something I wanted to I, I wasn't sure actually whether to include it in the book because people um especially if they're reading the book when they're pregnant, it's not something they want to think about. And I completely get it. But then I didn't want to be one of those people who ignored it either because you have still got a postpartum body because you have been pregnant and all those changes have happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're much later on uh, when you experience a loss, then, you know, the physicality can be huge. So I think it is really important um, to recognize that and honor that and also start a conversation about how we're going to change things for women Mm -hmm. um so that they are better protected and nurtured and help to heal yeah massively and uh, how much of the fact that we don't talk about it that much is to do with shame yeah um yeah absolutely because you Speaking from personal experience, Mm -hmm. you do feel shame after a loss, um, which I can't necessarily tell you why, um, but you feel let down by your body. Mm -hmm. You feel disconnected from your body a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, There's the secrecy and stigma, um, which go hand in hand with shame. you know, once I'd had my first miscarriage, um, friends I knew told me they'd had a miscarriage and I knew nothing about that. Nobody had ever said it. So I was always very open about it. Um, and so it came as a bit of a shock when close friends said, oh, I also had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and that that just, you, and then we absolutely don't talk about our bodies afterwards. And I, I no. don't know if I have ever told anybody what happened physically in my first uh, miscarriage, um, nobody's ever asked me. And, and I was thinking about this the other day and 
we talk about birth stories, it's really important for people to talk about their births, whether yeah. they're traumatic uh, or not. It's really important to have, for people to bear witness to that. Nobody actually bears witness to what happens in miscarriage. And and so you t- you keep it to yourself. And then the physical recovery, there is a lot of shame that you are you want to cover up. You don't want people to ask yeah. if you're pregnant, which they do, which happened to me, which is totally shit. Um, uh-huh. And so you you kind of fold in on yourself, I think. Um, and maybe yeah. that prevents people from asking you because you like your body language probably is very protective of your body at that point. Yeah. So maybe people don't feel it's right to ask. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's something to do with how society is set up. It's not, like, seen as massively polite to be like, so how is your womb at the moment? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How much postpartum ble- bleeding have you had after yeah. your last? And some <laughs> people might really not like that kind of question. I no. think that I wanted to tell people about the physicality of it because I was shocked um, mm-hmm. by my first miscarriage. It was very... Um, it was it was pretty brutal on my body and yeah I did want to talk about it but I don't think anybody ever asked me but I do understand at the same time why you wouldn't mm-hmm. but I, I'm a diff- I'm potentially a bit different to you know those friends I was talking about who didn't even mention their miscarriage yeah. I was somebody who wanted to talk about it but I, yeah. I recognize that's not going to be the case for a lot of people <laughs> I think you and I are probably quite similar <laughs> <laughs> in that respect we're life's talkers um yeah. I mean you know you you talked there about your first loss a little bit um it was a miss miscarriage right yeah can you do you feel able to kind of talk about what you went through physically during that yeah yeah absolutely um it uh I started um spotting um okay. and texted my sister who'd had lots of kids and so like, is this normal and she said yeah it can be yeah. Um, obviously the pregnancy units are closed at the weekend, which is it shit. It always happens at the weekend. It's shit and should not be the case. I'm no. very angry about that. But anyway, um, yeah. so I couldn't, I couldn't go. So I had to spend the weekend thinking, oh, is everything okay? And then when we went to the, um, the EPC, uh, APU rather, um, I knew like there was fluid coming out as well as a little right. bit of blood. And I was like, that fluid smells a bit um different okay and I think that's amniotic fluid um so even before I went in I kind of knew I think um so I went in and as people who've been through this know you have a sort of a a probe put up your vagina which is just excruciating actually because you're so tense and um and it's horrible. It's just yeah. a horrible, horrible experience. And you're just staring at the ceiling or whatever it is that you can look at. It's funny because in, obviously in, in infertility, we're like, we're very familiar with that. We call her probe. Wanda and we have a date with Wanda <laughs> <laughs> or we call it dildo cam. Oh, no. I, like <laughs> but I loved your little tip about breathing. Yeah. So, um, so post miscarriage, you, you might have that, um, probe thing as again to check that your womb is clear and um you will find that your body's really tense you're probably clenching your jaw mm-hmm. and um that's not a good idea um because it makes it i know this is a small thing but small things help yeah they do clenching your jaw and 
you think breathing out is going to relax you, but actually an in-breath helps release the pelvic floor muscles. So mm-hmm. if you are breathing, well, don't don't concentrate on, on it too much, but if you're breathing in and your jaw is relaxed, then it should be easier to um, to let go of the probe because like, you just want it out anyway. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, that, that is a little tip, which I hope, you know, might help tip. somebody. I love it. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're in hospital, you're having this scan. Yeah. And then they said, um, the words that nobody wants to hear, which is there is no heartbeat. Uh-huh. And I was near, I think I was like a few days off my 12 week scan at that right. point. Um, and obviously, uh, I was racked with grief, um, and the lovely lady gave me a leaflet from the Miscarriage Association and told me to go home and just let it happen naturally. She said my body had been holding on to the baby, um, mm-hmm. and it was time to let go. Um, so I went home, I texted a few people, and then, uh, yeah, I waited for it to happen. And that night, my husband lay with me, and um, I had cramping, which was very reminiscent of labour. Obviously, I'd already yeah. had my first son, and yeah, I wasn't expecting what happened at all. Um, and how many weeks were you at this point? I was almost twelve weeks, okay. and I had this cramping. Um, which was uh, similar to labour pains. And then I was passing a lot of blood and then I passed what I assume is the sac because it mm-hmm. felt very different. And then I was back in bed and I was bleeding and I thought it's over, that's that's done. Um, and and it was horrible, but it's done, but it wasn't. And I, I, was, I, I was bleeding heavily and heavily the next day. Um, and I was like, this doesn't feel right. So I phoned the Miscarriage Association and um, soaking through more than one pad an hour is not normal. Okay. Uh, so they had me call an ambulance um, mm-hmm. and I was um, put in the ambulance to hospital where I passed out. Um, the experience in hospital, I don't know if you want to know about that, but it was it was um, awful. It was absolutely awful. Um, and I did later make a complaint about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, wheeled into the middle of a very busy a and I'm not NHS bashing. Um, no, we we I mean, we have this on this podcast all the time. Is you had a bad experience, but you still love the NHS? Absolutely, yeah. like they are under resourced and under trained on things like this. Yeah, especially and maternity stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was wheeled into the middle of a and after I'd been in. Uh, I think it was resus recovery. No, resus it would have been. Yeah. Right. And um and yeah, just right next to the main desk and also next to a trolley full of bin bags. And uh I was hiding in my jumper. Um and I remember a nurse giving me a really funny look, but I was I was so sad <laughs> and I didn't want people looking at me. Uh-huh. Um I was losing or had lost my baby and I was in a brightly lit room full of people staring at me and mm-hmm. why was I crying? I was bleeding through onto the bed and, and I was starving hungry, I hadn't had anything to eat. A beautiful, lovely nurse called Ruth um, got me a sandwich and helped me into um, some clean pads and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so I was in, I was in any, I'd lost a lot of blood, but they, and then um, later on, this went on and on, you know, I was eventually put into a side room and th- 
things happened that were pretty awful. People were not kind. And mm -hmm. I had a nurse throw some pads at me because um, she thought I should have brought my own. And uh, refusing to put my bed down, even though I was going to pass out again because of the blood loss. And people not listening to me. Um, so I was on a commode. I was passing clots. I was vomiting. I had a fever. It was so physical. And this was not what I expected from miscarriage. No. I felt very poorly. Um, yeah. I had my husband and the nurse were cutting my clothes off me at one point to try and get my temperature. And I, I can't really recall. I think they must, must have thought sepsis or something. Really? Um, eventually, uh, early hours of the morning, I saw an obstetrician gynecologist who gave me the most excruciating cervical examination I've ever had. Um, right. And I've had quite a few. And yeah. It was brutal. And, and then I was um, discharged to go home. But I'd lost what well, they, they hadn't monitored my blood loss. And so I was incredibly weak um, and I, I needed to go back in. I was in and out of a &E basically, and, and I was put on a drip. Mm -hmm. um, so it was an incredibly, it was a real physical assault. And this is why I do think it's important that people talk about this, because I had no idea that a, a miscarriage, like, you know, in the first trimester could be like that. Yeah. Um, and I was incredibly weak for weeks afterwards. Um, I had lost a lot of blood. I, I think I was borderline for transfusion. I later, sorry, I should have said, I, I then, once I'd been back in hospital a few times, I had to then have what they were calling then an ERPC, which right. is, they've changed the terminology now. But um, So I had to have that as well. And that is? Um, that's the something for retained products. of retained products yeah. of conception, which mm. is, yeah, which is, not okay <laughs> to call but they've they've changed it because i've had another one lucky old me um and they call it um surgical management of miscarriage now i believe um yeah. which is a bit better um <laughs> <A> bit. <laughs> so yeah so so all of that happened and then the recovery was tough the thing that really struck me when i was researching this originally and that came through in your writing massively is how much people are surprised by things like the fatigue and you talked about the fatigue a little bit you go through the same hormone crash that you would after birth you have insomnia you some in some cases people lactate yeah um are, are those the kind of you know what kind of things did you go through um it was um very intense fatigue and um at the repercussions of the blood loss meant I couldn't actually sit up mm -hmm. um for for a while without my head crashing um I had very low blood pressure I was probably well yeah no I was anemic my iron levels were really low um and obviously I mean I've written in the book it's like a Molotov cocktail mm -hmm. your hormones when you're pregnant and they rise so rapidly and then after after birth or a miscarriage or a late term uh, loss those um, hormone levels plummet and that has a yeah. massive effect on you. Uh, hormone, um, like emotionally, your your hormones affect you, um, yeah. but also with, with your body as well, with the disappearance of some of the pregnancy symptoms that you had before, which in itself can be quite traumatic um, when you lose the tender breasts um, and the nausea. That's actually, that can feel really traumatic to people as well. Um, so yeah, but the fatigue was was awful for weeks. I was very poorly, um, 
and it and I almost felt like I I couldn't be like I shouldn't be like because nobody had explained or nobody had said to me you're going to be poorly for a while um mm. and there's no you know I don't know what the bereavement leave is like now but my husband's work certainly wouldn't have thought oh she needs some help um he needs yeah. to be off with her yeah um because a lot of people they have you know they had their miscarriages at work they you know they carry on um it wasn't like that for me it wouldn't have been possible I yeah sit up <laughs> so it was a real big um it was a big chunk of time I needed to heal after that um but I felt like I was a weak person mm-hmm. for not again like springing back I suppose like I'm, I'm not I felt like I wasn't supposed to be feeling like this physically I knew I was allowed to grieve yeah. um, and feel very sad but I didn't kind of give myself permission like after after I'd been in hospital the first time no after the night sorry that I had had the the first lot of bleeding the next day I was making my you know I was making the family um a goulash oh my god that's high intensity food making yeah yeah um cooking is the word I was looking for food making (laughs) um it's just it's insane actually because I I guess we again you know celebrity culture we look at women who give birth and bounce back and you know because more people are talking about miscarriage and pregnancy loss we look at them bouncing back and I think one of the most criminal things is that quite often somebody who's about to go through a loss like you who you know finds out that perhaps their baby has died in the womb and then they are sent home to wait for it often they're told it's going to be like a heavy period yeah I mean I've had heavy periods. I've yeah. never had anything that sounds like what you describe. Well, no, it was a, it was such a shock. And um, some miscarriages are, some pregnancy losses are mm-hmm. like heavy periods. Like I've had three and they've all been very different. And the third one was earlier on. It was mm-hmm. about six weeks. Um, and it was much more like a heavy period. Yeah. Um, but that narrative that that is what miscarriage is is, uh, is, is not helpful. <laughs> it's no. really not helpful because it doesn't prepare you yeah. um, for what's going to happen. And I think I think there's a paper out last year actually about language um, we use when it comes to pregnancy loss mm-hmm. to help the parents. And I think they are changing it for, for later on. Um, from using the word uh, miscarriage to baby loss so that women are more prepared that they are going to go through a birth. Yeah. Um, and and then they may be able to better prepare for a recovery as well. Um, so I, I think that's helpful. The, the terms pregnancy loss, baby loss, miscarriage, they're quite passive, aren't they? Like, oops, yeah. I, I lost it. Like, oops, yeah. I mis- miscarried it. Like, I dropped it. It's not. It doesn't kind of prepare you for the physical effort. That's the so active true. part. Uh, that's so true. And I don't have answers for this. I don't like. I hate the term miscarriage. I think yeah. it is um, misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it places everything on the woman um, as having done something, as having carried incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really pisses me off. But I read, um, rather, I listened to Julia um, Bueno. Bueno. Um, talking about how, yeah, with pregnancy losses, it's again, it's like, oh, I've, I've lost something, <laughs> and and I don't have the answer for what it 
should be called but yeah the way the way that we think of it is something passive and something not hard like it just passes yeah it just goes um that's not my experience and it's not many women's experience particularly like later on uh kind of second trimester and even you know later term losses yeah so physical you know, we've talked about things just now, like the hormone crash. And if you've been through a labour before, you'll you'll be familiar with what happens five days after you give birth, which is your, all your hormones just go, they drop. So you've got really high progesterone, estrogen, HCG, and they all just crash. And you have a day of crying a lot mm. and being scared that you're going to kill your baby. But mm. if you haven't been through that before, no one's told you about that. So yeah. you experience this crash. You, I mean, you talked about having hair loss. Yeah. It's all stuff that's associated with having a baby, giving birth to a live baby, not this. Yeah, the hair loss was just like a, an added kind of insult to injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't even noticed that I'd stopped shedding. I'm quite a shedder normally, but I hadn't <laughs> noticed that I had stopped shedding. And then, yeah, when that started to get, I mean, that could have also been stress and yeah. low iron levels, but um, it is also likely that it, I'd started with the whole kind of retaining more hair that mm-hmm. happens in pregnancy. Um, but the hormonal, the thing that you just mentioned about the hormonal crash, so after you have had a baby, um, then you have that crash, but you also have the um, upsurge in oxytocin, which right. kind of helps balance things out. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to have that if you have um, experienced this trauma and loss. So, so it's, it's 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 even worse um, for you hormonally because there's yeah. nothing there to to provide a bit of balance for you, which is why one of them I thought it's really interesting what one of the mothers, bereaved mothers who I spoke to said about um, stroking and holding the child that she had. Yeah. Or like there's a there's a charity called Teddies that provides uh, teddy bears for bereaved parents, um, and I think you 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 need that you need um touch you need nurturing touch and I I think that is really critical um in that time when your hormone levels have plummeted and you're you're suffering with such grief I think um yeah Yeah. it's hard you may not feel like you want to be touched especially your abdomen which I mentioned quite a bit in the book about Mm -hmm. how that feels um um but I I really think that you need it because you need that oxytocin that touch produces. It's interesting because you mentioned something called empty arm syndrome. Yeah. And I've never heard of that before, but I do, and like, look, I haven't had a, a loss in the same sense, but I do remember after my first embryo transfer failed, feeling this profoundly physical need for something small and squirming in my lap. And I think I, that makes total sense. It was, and we got a cat in the end, and she's a real bitch. <laughs> they um, always are, aren't they? <laughs> she is not a good replacement. But it was that that need, like desperate need for to be holding something. Yeah. And it's amazing that I didn't know that that had kind of been <laughs> medicalized. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard the term before, but it makes complete sense. I mean, you you're you don't just experience grief mm-hmm. in your mind and through tears you experience it's a whole body thing and yeah I think that is particular to um to losing you know being a woman losing a child um 
that there is a physical ache it's like it's not in your head it's it's real it, I mean, it, yeah, it really is. And you talk about, I mean, I really like your kind of bullet pointed list of like, these are the physical things that you will experience during grief. Yeah, I stole that. <laughs> That's not mine. I stole that from Marie Curie, but it, um, I found it really helpful because yeah. grief isn't, um, it's not just something that, you know, you ex- it is a whole body experience and, and it, it, it's akin to being unwell you have physical mm-hmm. symptoms of grief so yeah I found that really helpful because I think people do disconnect from their bodies at, yeah. at this time and and I know because I did it as well um but I think I I'd really I really want people to try um to connect and try to allow themselves to be nurtured because mm-hmm. I think it helps I think I think I put in the book that it helps carry you your body's going to carry you through the grief you don't want to be getting more unwell yeah. um that's not going to help it's going to make things worse um if you have given birth there are things that you know um that you will have to deal with so that you don't get infections and so that you don't and because anything like that is just going to compound how awful you feel. Mm-hmm. But when I'm saying this, I'm saying, oh, the woman should, you know, actually, no, I'm going to retract that. <laughs> Society needs to be there yeah, and your community needs to be there to scoop you up and provide that nurture for your body, for your health. There's not, nobody can take away your pain, but they can look after you. They can yeah. make sure you're... Um, nourished that you're hydrated a lot of people who are going through grief are not going to put those things um, yeah you, you mentioned know. that I thought that was really interesting dehydration yeah apparently it's very common and I can I can totally see that I had to drink so much fluid um after my really traumatic um miscarriage because uh I lost so much blood and I needed to replenish so um mm-hmm. that was kind of like I knew that so that was something that I think the hospital said, if not, my husband's quite um, medical. So he had said, you must, must, must drink water, must, yeah. must, must drink water. Um, so that is one thing that I did do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but you need, you need somebody to, you need to be treated almost like a child in that somebody is providing that nurture to you as mm-hmm. you, as you grieve. So you talk a bit about like things like, um, making sure you're eating healthy food goulash for example getting outside um all the kind of traditional stuff I guess yeah um also breathing properly and yoga and doing things that are kind to your body um somebody as I spoke to for the book um talks about practicing non-violence towards your body like I said earlier it's really easy to blame your body um, and dislike your body and feel angry um again like I understand it a hundred percent but it also isn't going to help you it's going to do the opposite so Mm -hmm. practicing non-violence towards your body stretching it learning you know to adapt to your body after loss um and the breathing thing is a big thing actually because it affects so much um we it's such a simple thing the hydration and the breathing are the two main things really the hydration is going to help you to heal and replenish and then the 
breathing like in our society we are generally shallow breathers and it doesn't help us um, and it also really adds to stress in your body um, and I think there's a podcast called one more thing or just do one thing something okay something like that and in it they talk about taking an in breath for four and an out breath for six and that has there's papers I think yeah. there's definitely professors that uh, can attest to that lowering your stress levels yeah. so that is going to help you heal it's your peripatetic nervous system I think there you go <laughs> Um, no, it's a, it's only because we've like we've had um our we both share an acupuncturist and we've had her on the podcast before because she's just an absolute legend and she's really into the four seven eight so you breathe in for four hold for seven breathe out for eight and like as you say there's like scientific evidence that it just soothes your soothes your body. I love that. I'm mm. such an impers- impatient person. I can't hold my breath for seven seconds waiting for the out breath <laughs> but oh, no. I think the concept yes absolutely yeah. and I'm a big big fan of acupuncture mm-hmm. I had acupuncture and Reiki after my miscarriages and womb massage as mm-hmm. well which was hard actually it was hard to let somebody in to that space yeah to be to to let them touch you yeah yeah, my, I I was very cut off from my stomach, yeah, my pelvis, um, as a lot of women going through loss are. Well, Leanne, like before you go, I just want you to tell us a bit more about the book. What's it called? When's it out? Where can we get it? Um, it's called Your Postnatal Body. It's out this summer. Um, it will be in all good bookshops <laughs> um, and uh, Amazon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting and I hope it will help people. I am so excited to read it. I think it sounds so important. Thank you. Okay, how are you feeling now, mate? Still largely fine. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, okay. I swear, I've got like, I'm beginning to get sore throat, but I think I'm making it up. Oh. You know when you're like yeah. looking for symptoms again, another pregnancy, <laughs> the pregnancy parallel. My boobs sore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sore. Yeah. Um, I next week we're talking to our second racing driver. Yes. Oh well, I guess God. last time it was racing driver's wife. This time it's actual driver. Yes, actual racing driver, which yeah. I'm really excited about. Um, his name is Toby Trice and he's just a bit of a legend I just loved chatting to him he's so articulate and so lovely and he's got quite a wild story he has got a wild story he's basically talking about how they basically cured his male factor infertility yeah which is not something a word that we bandy around on this podcast we're not like infertility cure but it turns out there can be one apparently it's very yeah it's very interesting um so yeah, we absolutely love talking to him and you guys will love listening to it. Yeah, I, have I have no so. doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, have a great week. Gabs, I hope you feel better. Thanks, mate. Or I hope you don't feel worse anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.